Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Now, we come to the interpretation of the dream. That's just the statement of the vision. And it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning, then, behold, there stood before me an appearance of a man, and I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. So he came near where I stood, and when he came... I was afraid and fell upon my face, but he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Now, he's uh, the uh, a man, according to appearance, said to Gabriel, in answer to Daniel's request and desire to know the interpretation of this vision, uh, came and Gabriel is the angel that's speaking to Daniel. And uh, as he was speaking with me, verse 18, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground. But he touched me and set me upright. And he said, Behold, I will make thee to know what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. Uh, and uh, you're going to read the, that expression and terms uh, in this chapter quite often about the end of so-and-so, the end thereof. And especially in the ninth chapter, you read a lot about the end, and his end, and the time of the indignation. It, it's time marks. Uh, but in Genesis uh, 49.1, when... Uh, Jacob called all of his sons to him. He said, "Now uh, I want to uh, I want to tell you uh, what shall befall you in your latter days." See, in other words, a vision, uh, the time of the end, or the end of ignition, or end of a, uh, of a vision, always is is the end of that vision. It is the time period covered by what he saw in that particular time. Now, you may have two or three ends in the same verse. You may have the end of a man's reign or his rule, and then uh, a reference to the end of the age or uh, the end of certain persecutions or certain abominations. We'll, we'll study that later. But here he says, uh, now beginning with... Uh, Verse 20, he gives us interpretation. Now, up until this point, you would know that the, uh, that the ram, uh, with two horns was Medo-Persian. You would know that this he-goat was Greece. You would know that that notable horn was Alexander the Great. That's what I said. But it wasn't in these verses, but I, as we, uh, as we went over them, I uh, I gave the interpretation as I was going. But now, in the dream, uh, Daniel don't know yet. 
at this moment what they are, what he had seen, until Gabriel tells him what's in verse 20. <coughs> the ram which thou sawest, having two horns, are the kings of Media and Persia. And the rough goat is the king, that is, kingdom of Greece, and the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. Say Alexander. Now, that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. Actually, four kings shall stand up. See, same word king, kingdoms, and then you have to try, you uh, uh, have to use the context uh, to see and the flow of language, which is which. All right, here was four kings stood up. They had four kingdoms, all right. They had their own, uh, they had divided it into four different parts, you see. But now then, here is a comment concerning, but not like Alexander's. Not in, but not in his power. But not like him, not great like Alexander. See, not in his power. They were much weaker, more feeble. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors, transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. Now this is Antiochus Epiphanes. This is the same man that's over in verse 9. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, see, which waxed great. Now then he says, these four kingdoms are they're they're in power, but this uh, anti this little horn had come against Jerusalem. It waxed strong against the Syrian king. You see, uh, had uh, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes had waxed strong against the east and west. He's come now to the pleasant land, and he's uh, uh, captured Jerusalem. Why? When? When the transgressors. When the sins, and for their sins, they are paying dearly again. See, they had left Babylon now and gone back to back to Jerusalem, and under Ezra and Nehemiah had rebuilt the temple. And uh, see, uh, this uh, uh, this is uh, several hundred years, not many, two or three. See, since they had done that, see. And uh, so, uh, this is 170 B.C. Well, they went back in uh, at least not later than 445 B.C. and pos and maybe 536 B.C. We will get to that in as we study chapter nine. But uh, for. Uh, now, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king appears countenance and understanding dark sentences. He's crafty, clever, and cunning, you see. Uh, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. That's the Jewish leaders. That's the, that's the chief rabbi. That's the chief priest. He's taken all of the, the uh, as it was referred to earlier, 
their host see with him alright and through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand and he shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many by peace see that's what he promises that's what he that's what they think they're getting when he comes in first he shall also stand up against the prince of princes. That's God. He magnifies himself against God. See, that's the uh, that's what Nebuchadnezzar did. See, that was his sin. Oh, this is the kingdom that I have built. When uh, when Daniel one starts out by saying that God gives this kingdom to Nebuchadnezzar, see, and he had, and that was the purpose. Uh, of God's particular relating the uh, the details of the life of Nebuchadnezzar, so that Nebuchadnezzar would learn that the God of heaven ruled, and he did according to his Antiochus Epiphanes boasts himself against God, and he sits as God. Uh, that's what he wanted to appear and uh, to make the people in Jerusalem think. But notice his his end. But he shall be broken without hand. You see that? Uh, uh, God will take care of him and did according to uh, history. And the vision of the evening and morning which was told is true. Wherefore, shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days after I rose up and did the king's business. And doing the king's business, you see, knowing every time he looked at that old Belshazzar, board of Medes and Persians going to get you quick. See? Uh, uh, see, Belshazzar don't know this. This is all before that time. Now then he knows the whole end of Belshazzar. I mean, it was told him. In the interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he just simply had the power. God gave him the answer to it. The prophets many times spoke things that they didn't know the meaning of it. They spoke as they were moved by God. And, and, and they, and what they told, many times they didn't understand. And, uh, you know, Peter tells us there uh, that they, sought the meaning of their own predictions. Well, he says, I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. Now, that's the end of chapter 8, and you've just, uh, you've just turned your thing. You want to read it for You can if you want, if you want to cut them off for a moment and talk about that a little bit before we start this. We can't. Chapter 9. Chapter 9, there are two two great uh, subjects in this chapter. The first half deals with Daniel's prayer. The second half is what is known as the primer of prophecy, the 70 weeks. Uh, And it is one of the most important chapters in the Old Testament as far as prophecy is concerned. And we could spend, uh, if we went into all of the facets 
and the arguments and the things that's referred to in this uh, latter portion, the 70 weeks, dealing with the 70 weeks, well, it'd take a complete study of the Old Testament books, especially on prophecy, as well as the book of Revelation. But in, now in chapter 9, in the first year of Darius, now you notice he's in another kingdom. Belshazzar's he has seen the handwriting on the wall. Uh, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, that is, the reign of Darius, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Now that he's referring to Jeremiah 25, 11, and 12, where Jeremiah prophesied uh, that, they would, that the children of Israel would go into captivity, that Nebuchadnezzar would come up against them, and they would... Be, uh, uh, they would go into captivity according to also Second Kings, uh, chapter uh, twenty, uh, twenty-five, I believe it is, twenty-four and five, and Second Chronicles, uh, chapter thirty-six. The Jeremiah distinctly pointed out that they would they would be in captivity seventy years, and he linked it with. Desecration of the uh, of the Sabbath jubilee, seven years. In other words, seventy uh, was just uh, uh, the equivalent, the ratio uh, of the four hundred seventy into uh, see four hundred ninety. They, they were they was there. They had been in in Palestine uh, from the captivity four hundred ninety years, and all that time they had. Uh, the, the Jews had violated that one particular uh, law, but they had also failed to receive the prophets. They killed the prophets. They stoned the ones that God sent them. They started worshiping idols and went off into, into Baalism and all sorts of all of the northern kingdom uh, from Jeroboam on down. Uh, they worshiped idols, see? Uh, and so... Their transgressors, when the transgression came to full, at that time, God in judgment turned them over to Nebuchadnezzar. And, uh, told them. Some of these people, born again people, you think, I meant they had the fear of the Lord. Oh, yeah, in the, these that came into captivity, oh yes, yeah. So, but, uh, uh, they, it was just the remnant. I don't know how much that was, but it wasn't the majority. Uh, from the from uh, the biblical records, it's all recognized as a remnant. Uh, so Daniel tells us here in these first two verses that I study in the book, I study in the Bible, in my Bible study, his regular study. He had uh, the, the the prophecies of Jeremiah. You see, we tell that by just reading this. He said, I was studying it as I was uh, reading the books. Uh, now, uh, he says, well, I've been here. Look here. This is, 
This is in the first year of Darius. At least 68 years I've been here. Two more years and what I'm reading is going to become, going to become history here. We're going to get our freedom. The Jews are going to get to go back to Jerusalem. We'll have our, we'll get to build our temple again. See, he kept that wonder open all the time and he looked toward Jerusalem. There wasn't nothing in Jerusalem. As far as the building is concerned, it is demolished. The temple was destroyed. Old Nebuchadnezzar, the third time he went up there, buddy, he went in, he was mad and he just had it leveled to the ground. But yet Daniel kept looking toward that place because he believed that there was a future for the Jews. He believed they'd go back. He believed that he'd worship again in Jerusalem in the temple. And he, and he prayed three times a day. And uh, so now, uh, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Now then, he's going to tell us to record his prayer, what he prayed. Now there's one thing that you want to notice in this prayer, and that's this we, we, we. We have done what? And notice what we have done. And what we are guilty of. And yet, Daniel was not guilty of what he's confessing. The, the major part. I know that you want to watch that. But what's he doing? He's identifying himself with his people. Jerusalem, Judah had sinned, just like Israel had sinned and had carried in up to, uh, into Nineveh. See, the Assyrian kingdom, which preceded the Babylonian kingdom. And now uh, he says, And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments, we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. See, Daniel is confessing and he confesses his sins, he confesses the sins of the people, but he joins his in the, and yet the book of in the book of Daniel, anything that we know of, not one word said against the purity, the wholesomeness of the life of Daniel, the only person that really in the Bible that we have other than the Lord Jesus, that something bad wasn't said about it. The only thing that was said about him that was bad came in the way of an accusation, which was proved false. See, they claim they claimed uh, that Nebuchadnezzar, uh, that Daniel didn't worship Nebuchadnezzar's God. See, well that was true, but they tried to make that a crime since he was in idle country. Uh, they claimed they had no regard for the king's statutes. Uh, see, uh, but uh, it was it was a claim. The only way they ever found fault, you know, and that's how come him in the fire of furnace was because he prayed 
to a God other than the God Darius. You see, they made all of the other presidents, the two other presidents, and uh, the rulers of the provinces made uh, uh, made the suggestion and actually wrote out the decree for Darius to sign. And they were going to make uh, Darius God for a month. Not a queen for a day. But he was going to be God for the month. And anybody that asked any request to any God or to any man other than the Darius, see, oh, they're putting him on the pestle. That swelled his ego. And he issued the decree then, yeah, well, I'll sign it. And then that was that a man that doesn't do that, he'll be cast into the den of lions. And uh, so, lion, uh, so Daniel obeyed. But all that was ever said uh, about him was by false accusation. All right, verse uh, uh, 5, We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even depart by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgment. He, he personalizes his sins. He doesn't say, if we have sinned. He's not confessing, if we've done this. But he knew they were guilty and they had done that, see, and that was true. And he's confessing their actual sin, what they were, see. Uh, Verse 6, Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants. Now you see, you, you want to read Second Chronicles 36. Uh, that's, it. that's a summary, you see, of all this, this background of this prayer. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Daniel thought that the leaders of government ought to be those who respected God and who worshiped God and who uh, stood for principles of righteousness, see. Uh, O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces. And brother, he was, he was embarrassed, wasn't he? As at this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, though all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. Now see, he's including Israel in this. I don't know where they are now, I mean, except what came down from Nineveh and Syria. It came down and uh, came into um, Babylon, and because Nebuchadnezzar treated the Jews uh, pretty good, you know they liked it down there. They weren't they weren't sweating, they weren't hurting at all, and no doubt uh, that this information uh, and, uh, prevailed further up north in this kingdom because that's where they reigned, and the Jews had been carried into captivity uh, in that part of the country, and they were just nomads. They were scattered everywhere. Well, now what was left of? And, uh, of course, they came. Uh, you want to? Yeah. All right. <laughs> o Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies 
and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord, our God, to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing that they may not obey the voice that, uh, obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us, that the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. Now you see, Moses predicted their sin. He says, we're guilty. We've done exactly like Moses predicted. <clears throat> Verse 12, And he hath confirmed his words. Now that's the purpose of prophecy. Confirmed his words. See, he spoke to Moses. Now then, it's been fulfilled. And God's telling, uh, uh, now then, uh, uh, we have this uh, statement clearly says that he confirmed his words which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil for under the whole heaven hath, uh, hath, uh, hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. Oh, you see, their sins, uh, uh, sins were great. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God. Now they knew why they were being judged. They knew why they were in captivity. And yet they hadn't confessed their sins. Uh, but Daniel is confessing the sins of his people for them now. He's acting like Moses, you know, when Moses said, Lord, well, just wipe me out, save them, spare them, I don't see. Alright? He says, therefore, the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth. For we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord, our God, that hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and hast gotten thee renowned, and as this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from the city of Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and our iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are by us. See, his fathers, Jerusalem, had become a reproach because his fathers had sinned. You see, God said he'd visit, didn't he, judgment down to this third and fourth generation. Now then, here was a people, some of these uh, uh, paying the penalty for what their fathers and their forefathers had done were guilty of. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplication 
and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. Now you notice that even though he confesses the sin that that, uh, they were suffering, the sins of their fathers, yet he distinctly said, All thy ways are just. See, in this prayer. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. Not any good in him was he praying. But what's he praying for? He's praying now for this city, the holy Jerusalem, the sanctuary. Now, you want to remember that. Uh, Oh my God, uh, for the city and thy people are called by thy name. And while I was praying, you notice, he didn't get to say amen. He hadn't said amen. He hadn't stopped. He hadn't finished his prayer. But while he was praying, he was interrupted. While I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. See? Now that's the temple. That's the, uh, that's a, to be restored. Everything that was glorious and grand uh, in the days of Solomon. Their forefathers, they, he, he's praying for that to, to be restored. He's, he's looking for the day when he can go back to Jerusalem for his people. Alright? Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, three o'clock in the afternoon. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, when he first started praying, when he opened his uh, uh, the the prayer, see, uh, by saying, uh, "O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him, to them that keep His commandments," when he said that. Notice what happened. Uh, he says that uh, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. See, at the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came that he would come to show him, then give him the interpretation. When he started praying, God was working both ways here, you see. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord.
for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.